When Mary was 15, she made money by babysitting. But sometimes, she wasn't satisfied with how much she got paid. January 20th. Is Mrs. Zed ever cheap? For two nights of babysitting, I should get at least $3. She said, she said she'd give me $2.50 tomorrow. I'll just have to eat more of her cookies next time. <laughs> That's Mary supplementing her babysitting income with baked goods. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Hello, how are you doing? This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Calgary, we have a pet dragon, an obsession with NSYNC, and a love letter disguised as a telemarketing script. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it has a lot to say, not just about who we were, but about who we are now. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. When I was a teenager, I had a part-time job as a telemarketer. I worked in a call center where we did telephone surveys, and we called the southern United States. And like a lot of call center employees, I had a script to follow. At our Calgary show, memories of working in that call center came flooding back when our next reader, Song, got on stage. So when Song was 13 years old... She wrote a journal entry where she created a telemarketing script for a fake phone survey <laughs> that was created for the purpose of finding out who a very particular boy that she liked had a crush on. <laughs> this, I believe, is a format we have not heard before on our stage. Please welcome Song. Dear Diary, if I prank Jeremy, wait, correction, the next time I prank Jeremy, I will do it like this. Step one, ring, ring, ring. Person on the phone, hello. Me, hi, this is Taylor Craig calling from Calgary 7 Newsroom. I am doing a small survey on the lives of young male adolescents. <laughs> Are there any males between the age of 12 to 18 in the household? Yes, go on. No, step six. <laughs> when Jeremy comes to the phone, do step two. If he's already on the phone, do step three. Step two, Jeremy. Hello? Me. Hi, I'm Taylor Craig calling from the Calgary 7 newsroom. I'm doing a small survey on the lives of young male adolescents. Step three, me, would you like to participate? 
Jeremy, yes slash no. <laughs> if he says no, go to the second last step. If yes, ask the following questions. Step four. One, what is your name? Brackets, Jeremy. <laughs> How old are you? Brackets, 13. <laughs> what school do you attend? Brackets, Fairview. Four, are you currently in a relationship with anyone? <laughs> Step five, would you like to be in a relationship? <laughs> if yes, go to six. No, go to 10. Six, do you have anyone in particular in mind? Yes, seven. Uh, no, 10. Seven. If so, what is the name, age, and current relation to you of this individual? No? Explain why. Eight. In the future, do you plan to get together with this person? Nine. Do you believe that this individual has the same feelings for you? Ten. Are you happy with your current relationship status? <laughs> Step five, me, that is my survey. <laughs> Step six, me, thank you for your time, goodbye. <laughs> Step seven, call back Jeremy, tell him what you did. <laughs> After the show, Song told me she never found out who Jeremy liked at the time. But the summer after she wrote that fake telephone script, she got her first job as a telemarketer. No joke. When Melanie was in ninth grade, she was, in her own words, very gay. But she didn't realize it at the time. And at our Calgary show, Melanie read a few diary entries that make it pretty clear she was in love with a girl she'd met at summer camp without actually coming out and saying she was in love with a girl she met at summer camp. Please welcome to our stage, Melanie. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Janelle and Jesse, can I say, what the fudge? <laughs> Janelle, in a relationship, it blows my mind. The most depressing part of this whole debacle is the fact that I am winning the game with no sign of losing. By the game, I mean the who can go the longest without dating game. <laughs> is this a game I want to be winning? <laughs> no. I mean, technically Lainey's winning too, but she started to hone in on David. Me, I like no one that anyone knows about anyways. I mean, there's plenty of guys out there, but I doubt anyone could put up with me. Kelton did spark my interest the other day when I overheard him mentioning how he wanted to see Singing in the Rain. <laughs> who takes an interest in Broadway and can dance is good in my books. 
and then here's the next day. I can barely see myself with anyone. I've learned from observation not to trust people with feelings. Maybe that's why I won't purposefully like anyone. You see, another thing Janelle and I discussed was Kelton and his desire to see singing in the rain. I think Janelle has put it into her mind that he's my chance. And, and who knows, maybe I'll be like Lainey and stalk him a little bit. See if he's that desirable. We shall see. Another highlight of my day yesterday was a text conversation with Shelby. I haven't seen her since camp and I'm really missing her. She suggested we hang out sometime soon, which would be super cool with me. She really is my long lost twin. And I also feel like if I wanted to, I could talk to her about anything, which is always nice with the kind of drama going on in my life. Hopefully if we don't get together sometime soon, maybe we'll see each other at rent. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then I got a new journal for Christmas, so here's January. Yet again, I lament on how much I miss camp and Shelby. We've had a nice lengthy text conversation going on all day, and it's made me realize how much I miss it all. We're talking about potentially getting together for coffee or something at some point before camp again. I couldn't help but laugh at how sophisticated that sounded. Going for coffee. Maybe while we're at it, we'd talk smooth jazz and listen to some poetry. Haha. <laughs> Damn, I miss her. We're still texting now, actually. I think I'm going to make a point of texting her as often as possible. Maintain contact, for if we don't, we'll just fade from each other's memories. Shelby said I was being drama queenish when I texted her that, but it's true. If we don't, in a few years, we won't remember each other. I keep thinking for some reason you can find your best friends at camp, because camp's where you aren't afraid to be yourself and show it. The friends you make at camp, they're your special friends. <laughs> Thank you. Looking back, what strikes me most is definitely how obvious it was and might have probably was to people around me, even though I myself took a few more years to kind of clue into things. Um, and if I could go back in time and give myself some advice, I would tell myself to not worry about dating in high school because it probably doesn't last. I never ended up dating anybody in high school, but once I got to university, things were a lot better. Uh, and I realized who I was and what I wanted in my life. And the person who wrote these journals was very, very, very stressed out about figuring those things out. And I think that knowing that it's all going to be okay and knowing that everything will really work out for the best thing, you're going to be in a great, great place. One of the things I love about diary and journal writing is how when you read a bunch of entries one right after the other, you start to notice patterns, rhythms, and themes start to crop up as you move through time from entry to entry. When Seth was seven, he kept a diary for school. Um, I wrote these in the second grade. I like to think that I'm a better person now. <laughs> also, I grew up only with my mom around, but my teacher insisted that I write Dear Mom and Dad. Dear Mom and Dad, this has been a fun week because ladybugs. This week I learned about ladybugs. We began 
the new mini unit on ladybugs. I'm excited to learn about ladybugs. My goal for next week is to clean my room. Love, Seth. Buy me toys, please. This one is from around my mom's birthday. Dear mom and dad, this week was a fun week because of the brass concert. I really like the brass concert because it was fun. We began a new unit on Wales, incense. Buy me Lego or else you won't get your present, love, Seth. <laughs> Dear mom and dad, this was a bad week because my mood didn't buy me a toy. We finished our unit on Wales. We began a new unit on spiders. I learned my moo should buy me more toys. For some reason I couldn't, like, I forgot how to spell mom. I want to learn more about spiders. My goal for next week is buy me more toys, love Seth. <laughs> Dear mom and dad, this was a very good week because today I buy a toy. Instead of scent, we are learning about spiders in a booklet. We're going to be making bees and ladybugs with the rocks. My favorite part of this week was buying a toy. We're going on a field trip on May 30th. My goal for next week is to get more deck duke. Love, Seth. This is the final entry from the end of June. Dear mom and dad, this has been a fun year because the toys. We read, we read many new book. We learned about dinosaurs. My favorite part about this year was the whole year. I'm glad the year lasted. My goal for next year is get more toys. Thank you. Is it just me or did I sense a theme? Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When Rebka was 17, she had an online love interest, a guy named Luke, who she had never actually met in person. And yeah, we talked for quite some time um, and didn't have any labels. But looking back on it, I would definitely say that we were in some kind of relationship. And at our Calgary show, Rebka read two things. First, a letter written for her online love interest. And second, a diary entry all about him. Please welcome to our stage, Rebka. A quick heads up, Rebka uses a cuss word, which we do not bleep. All right. First, I will note that my diary entry is in a religious journal that was given to me. And the first page reads, To Rebka, she's using this journal as a journal, but nothing biblical. The Bible verses just appear on each page. She does love God, however. <laughs> okay, now my letter. Dear Luke, yes, your name is Luke, and who the hell do you think I am? I'm not stupid. After talking to you for this long, you think I didn't know what your name was? <laughs> okay, I am mad, so my writing is gross. Let me try to be happy and see what it looks like. 
I really don't know what to think about us. This long of knowing you and I still feel like I don't know you? I used to feel like you were my good friend, but I really don't know no more. If I met you, we'd probably just be staring at each other or perhaps you're different from the Luke I have come to know. I'm starting to feel bad for myself. You're not my lover. You're not my friend. We're not lovers and friends. I'm starting to feel like it's all just a waste of time since we will never meet. Why should I even go upstairs and get another piece of paper for you? I don't see why I should prolong this whole thing when we will never meet. I need to live in reality and spend my time focusing on dreams that have a possibility. Yeah, I may seem selfish, but I gotta think about myself sometimes. Don't know why you need this letter, but I hope you got what you need. Even though I love you, there's something called tough love, and I think it's better for both of us to do that thing you love so much. In bold letters, it says, forget. Love, the girl who'd once do anything for you. The girl who once wanted to have your kids. <laughs> I know you ain't stressing over me since you're all P-I-M-P now and all that. <laughs> Take care, Repka. P.S. Marry that girl in your display pic, even though I must say I am much prettier. <laughs> okay, now my diary entry. Whoa, okay, I just got off the comp with Luke, and he thinks I called him a man whore. <laughs> Yo, I love him, and I did say I can't get with a man whore, but, like, I didn't mean him. <laughs> I left because I don't want to waste his time, and he told, I, I don't want to waste his time. He told me his dream girl is chill, has dark brown skin, cool, and respects him, and someone quiet. Quiet. Now I know why he likes quiet girls, because they don't say stupid shit like me. <laughs> I feel like slapping myself. But I don't feel well. I look like I'm sick. Wow, I think my right eye is bigger than the left. <laughs> okay, and he also said, I ain't gonna be the first person he has sex with. Which is totally cool with me, because I don't want my man to be a virgin. <laughs> is that a sin? <laughs> Whatever. I hope he ain't mad at me, but he deserves someone better than me. He just texted me telling me to go online, but I don't want to waste his time. I was going to write about our grad retreat, which was today, but Luke is all I'm thinking of. And then in big letters it says, why? <laughs> uh, he needs to forget me. I'm serious. If I could cry, I think I would, but I'm hella sick. <laughs> I'm not strong enough to cry. <laughs> Thank you. It's crazy looking back at my writings now. 
um, just because I remember exactly how I felt and how um, emotionally connected I was to him and um, all of like the emotional turmoil that um, came with that. So I actually did end up meeting him um, quite a few years down the road and nothing ever came of that, but it was almost like um, it was a tying piece, right, of just closing up that closing up that loop. Now that I look back on it, it's almost like I was ahead of the game <laughs> with online dating. Um, yeah, and I'm happy that I pushed myself and stepped outside of my boundaries. I think that's added to the person that I am today. I sometimes joke that we could rename this show and just call it Kids Are Weird. And our next reader, Rogan, is a pretty good example why. When he was seven, Rogan did a lot of creative writing. And on the surface, Rogan's stories sound a lot like fairy tales because they include dragons and giants and a couple of them start once upon a time. But if you listen carefully, you realize that Rogan's stories are a lot stranger than most fairy tales. And they make a lot less sense. Uh, This is all from September 1990. Once upon a time, I was going out in the jungle for uh, adventure. When I got up, I took a walk and I met a giant. He picked me up and said, what is your name? My name is Rogan. What is your name? My name is Jug, the giant. (laughs) And I can't see very well. Could you get me a pair of glasses? Yes, I will. So I did get the giant some glasses after all. And we lived happily ever after. When I brought my pet dragon to school on a pet day, and when I got there, the girls screamed and the dragon flew around the room puffing smoke and fire and it burnt the teacher's hair and the teacher put a wig on so the children wouldn't laugh and the dragon landed on Leah, Pam and Holly, Jill, Jeff and Kirk and Leah cried I said dragon come down and he landed on me the end How the dragon lost his fiery breath. One day woke up to find that you have lost your fiery breath. One day I woke up, I went out to the forest, and I was going to blow down 105,000 trees. But my fiery breath was gone. Oh no! I've got to go to the fireplace, light a fire, suck all of it up, but there wasn't enough. Oh, I remember one day I went to the fire station and drank all of the water. Then, now I've got to burn a bigger fire and suck it up. The end. I love you more than chicken hearts. 
I love you more than chicken hearts, than me eating fish, than chicken hearts, and too much seeing Bart, and I love you more than going to the museum, but I love you the most. Bye, Rogan. <laughs> Our next reader, Rebecca, shared a few journal entries she wrote when she was 13, right around the turn of the millennium. And at the time, she says she was obsessed with the band NSYNC and Soap. Live on stage in Calgary, here's Rebecca. Hi, it's 1.40 a.m. on January 1st, 2000. I've completed reading my Bible once since I started reading it in 1998. (laughs) I want to keep reading it in the new year slash decade slash century slash millennium. (laughs) All that fuss about the Y2K bug resulted in nothing. (laughs) It was just like any other year. I have to go now, so bye, Rebecca. January 19th, 2001, Friday. Wow, another year and so many changes. I love InSync so friggin' much. <laughs> Justin Timberlake is such a friggin' hottie. <laughs> I want to just grab him and kiss him and feel his muscles and abs. <laughs> oh my God. <clears throat> Justin is 19 and he is so sweet and nice and talented and hot and athletic and muscular and funny and hot, hot, hot. <laughs> I have got to feel his abs. (laughs) His abs slash arms slash everything. I want to wash him with soapy water. I want to wash him with soapy water and a sponge with just my feet. I was at Carly's house yesterday for a sleepover, and we watched videos of InSync for six hours straight. <laughs> we stopped at 1.30 a.m. and then talked about them for another hour. <clears throat> I haven't said anything yet about Nick going out with Tamara. They are really starting to get on my nerves. Example, we were waiting outside Mr. Zayak's room for him to open the door, and there is a janitor's room right beside it. Guess what Nick and Tam decided to do? Go into the janitor's place and make out. Sometimes they freak me out. (laughs) If they do this in school, what do they do out of school? (laughs) I always hear them talking about sex. Not about them actually doing it, but I can never tell if they're joking or serious. They are always talking, though, so loudly about personal stuff. It's called personal for a reason. I want to meet InSync so friggin' bad. <laughs> you know what you can often find in a janitor's closet? Soapy water and sponges. 
that is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. Our show was recorded live at Yuck Yucks in Ottawa and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Olivia Nashmi is our intern. We have a bunch of upcoming shows in Hamilton, Kitchener, Regina, Saskatoon, and beyond. I would love to hear the things you wrote when you were a kid. For all the details and to find out how to sign up to read, visit our website, grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com. Or even easier, use the link in the show notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.